Welcome to another episode of Train to Win, the podcast produced by the Association for Talent Development, Houston Chapter, inspiring talent development professionals to achieve their full potential. Hey, it's Bruce Abbott, VP of Marketing for the ATD Houston Chapter. We hope everybody is staying safe, staying inside, and hope everybody's taking advantage of some of the virtual webinars that we've been putting out. We've been getting requests asking if we can take some of the audio from the slide presentations and put them in a podcast. And that's what we've done today. We have uh, picked a great webinar, David Laney. He's an instructional designer, developer, and facilitator at David Laney Consulting. And he had a gig webinar that we did about two weeks ago called, Are You Working Yourself Out of a Job? A Quick Guide in Career Development. Many requests to hear that again. So we have pulled the audio. Obviously, there may be references to slides that you can't see, but you'll get the idea. His description of the webinar says that while hard work is a must in developing your brand and career, that alone will never ensure that you'll reach your maximum career potential. And he talks about other actions that you should be taking daily to not only increase your productivity and visibility in your current job, but also to prepare you for your next career move. So let's turn it over to David and find out how you might be working yourself out of a job. When I put this presentation together, I was looking for a catchy title, something that would grab the audience. And um, I thought about this particular title because I said, you know, this people will read this and they'll think, what am I? What are you trying to tell me? How to keep from being fired? And actually, as you're going to see, the goal here is not to keep from being fired. The, the goal here is what do I need to be doing in order to prepare myself for my next job and my next step in my career? This title might come into a little bit greater perspective when you look at this next slide. This is a comment that was made by a former president and chief executive officer for GE Industrial. Notice what he says here. Show me an individual who does a good job and, I'll, and, and nothing else, and I'll show you an individual who will do the same good job almost forever. I think we as kids are often taught that if we just work hard and do our best, that things will always work out in our favor that we will reach our match, just work hard and you'll reach your maximum career potential. And uh, while hard work is a must, there's a lot of other things that come into play when it comes to reaching your career potential. The analogy, I, I like to use analogies when I, when I teach and present, and the analogy that comes to mind here is the college athlete who's going from pro or going into the pros. You know, at the college level, your talents and your abilities will, you know, you're, you're playing on the field with people who may, where not everybody runs so fast, where not everybody can jump so high. When you make that move into the professional realm, now everybody runs fast. Uh, everybody jumps high. And the same is true for us. Now, in the professional sports world, they have agents. They have agents and coaches who can tell them what's the best move next in terms of maximizing their career. Uh, for us, most of us, it's going to be, we are our own coach. We are our own mentor. And although we can oftentimes find mentoring programs in some of the larger uh, corporations where we work, most of us are going to be left to ourselves. So that's really what we want to focus on in this presentation. What do I need to be doing to prepare myself for my next job, to make that next move in my plan to grow in my career. It starts first off by trying to identify what do you call career success? 
uh, I was never in management. I never had any desire to be in management, but that didn't bother me. I always wanted to be an individual contributor. Did that mean that I, that would limit my impact on the business? Absolutely not. One of the greatest, one of the most impactful people I ever knew uh, was a gentleman who, although his title was engineer, he was more of a scientist. This guy owned, or was responsible, I should say, for several patents that MCI owned in the area of IT. I don't know how much money that man was responsible for saving for MCI, uh, but he was definitely uh, loved to work alone. Uh, he loved to stay focused. There would be times he and I shared an office, and there would be times when I would come back the next morning and John was still at his desk wearing the same clothes that he wore the night before. Because and that that was his style. That was his style. And as we're going to see, determining what is your style, what it is that you do best, the way you like to work, in addition to identifying what you think is your definition of career success, is very important. All right. From that point, so after we've identified, do do I really want to just uh, do I really want to work as an individual contributor? Maybe you know, and, and your goals can change down the road. You might decide, hey, I do want to be in the management. Okay, but we have to look at ourselves as really three different people. We've got ourselves, the person we are, our job, and our career, and we have to treat each one of these individually. And what I mean by that. We really need to have goals for ourselves, personal goals, being able to, I, I want to set a goal of running the Houston Marathon. We need to have job goals. I need to be able to learn to, I need to learn three new tools this year. Uh, something that currently applies or applies to your current job that is going to position you for that next job or that next move in your career okay so we have to have a plan have to have strategy and we have to have goals in each one of these areas what do i need to be doing in this job to prepare me for that next move in my career all right how do i maximize my impact on the business and let me say too i should have mentioned this earlier a lot of this material comes from my own personal experience uh, having worked eight years for uh, Exxon, five years for a home health company, and then 23 years for Verizon, which, as you probably all even know, was a mixture of companies over time. And then what I've learned from individuals, from being uh, a corporate trainer. First off, we have to evaluate your preferred style of work. Okay, What is it that you like to work out? One of the challenges I have with one of my children was that she was a night owl. And, uh, you know, we'd always been told early to bed, early to rise makes you healthy, wealthy, and wise, right? And uh, it was a challenge for me. And I finally realized she may, she ended up being a nurse. And uh, her first shifts were overnight shifts. She loved it. That was her preferred style of work. Seek positions or projects that match your talents or strengths. There was a book that came out years ago. Some of you might remember it. I think it was called Who Moved My Cheese? And I remember one of the key points in that book was that we spend too much time trying to correct things that we don't do well instead of looking for opportunities to use the talents that we do have. And sometimes that can involve taking on a talent or taking on an opportunity or doing something that help, will help you discover 
something, a talent that you do have, that you didn't even know you had. Without question, I'll say this, without question, I would not be here with you today if I had not decided to join Toastmasters when I was working at Verizon. I'm talking about just a few years out of college. I thought to myself, that's something that I really think I'd enjoy is learning how to speak. And honestly, not to sound a little bit too uh, negative here, I looked and I saw people at, at, uh, at that company that were a lot smarter than me, that were horrible speakers. And I said, you know, I may not ever be able to reach that level of knowledge and understanding, but I can definitely learn how to talk and present to people. And uh, it paid off, paid off tremendously. Leverage every resource to a job, new job skills. Absolutely. Uh, people today uh, have resources available. You know, our generation, what was it? A book. It was a book. The Internet provides you with wonderful resources, free resources that uh, my generation didn't have. Or if we did, it was a lot harder to get. And be open and honest with your manager about your strengths, weaknesses, and goals. This is an area, I think, where people often have a fear. You don't want to tell your manager that you have a particular weakness, him or her, about a particular weakness. But you also you know, tell them about your strengths, the things that you know you do well. Be open and honest. I think one of the things you're going to take away from this presentation is that that annual review that you have with your manager every year that many times you begrudge, is your one of your greatest opportunities? One of your greatest opportunities. All right. Who under understanding who gets promoted and why? The first one is pretty obvious. A promotion is not a reward. We often think of it as being a reward, but it's really not. Now, of course, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, people who get promoted are those who have some particular job skill or talent that is needed for that position. We can't just look at somebody and say, well, that, hey, I work as hard as they do. Well, they work hard, too, but there's something else that they have. There's something, some other skill or ability that, that they have. Okay, Your skills and abilities dictate your career potential. I'll never forget, I once had a college professor, economics professor, tell us this. He said, don't ever think you're paid for what you do. Don't ever think you're paid for what you do. You're paid not to do it for somebody else. In other words, your skills, your marketability is going to dictate your opportunity in your career, your skills and ability. Never become irreplaceable. You never want to be the person, the only person who can do that. Because think about it. It just makes common sense. If you're the only one who can do it, is the company ever going to give you another opportunity to take some other position? It, you may feel being irreplaceable may seem like good job security today, but what about tomorrow when the technology changes? And get timing on your side. We'll see that a little bit later. Lots of different ways to get timing on your side. Okay. All right. Now, these are just points of career wisdom that I've picked up along the way. Many of you know these all too well. Many of you have probably already been shaking your head yes. Show up and suit up. You'd be surprised how many people have trouble just showing up for work every day and suiting up and being ready. 
And in today's world, that can mean being on time for a meeting, being, being prompt. Always be a team player. And being able to be a perceived, and we'll talk about visibility and influence and perception a little bit later, but being viewed as a team player is always important. Use your words wisely. This is so important, so important. Uh, I like to use the, a, a term that I like and apply in many cases is less is more. Can you get your point across in a few words? Who wants to read a long email? Your customer writes your paycheck. Yes. Now, that's not to say that you bring yourself, your put the customer between you and your manager. Absolutely not. But uh, your customer, and, and keep in mind, T, we're not here just talking about people who pay the company for the services that the company receives. Your customer could be internal customers, the people for whom, for whom you do work inside the organization. Those are the ones who you might consider as writing your paycheck. Every job involves sales. We're going to talk a little bit later about being influential, presentation skills and such. You're going to have to sell yourself. You're going to have to sell your ideas. You're going to have to sell your position. And follow your own North Star. What works for you may not necessarily work for somebody else or maybe what, what other people value. Another way of looking at this is, I've heard it said, eat off your own plate. Don't make your decisions based on the values of others. Make your decisions based on your own values because other people don't know what you do well. Other people don't know what you value. So follow your own North Star. Every job has a rush season. Yeah. One of my son-in-laws is a accountant, and boy, he was relieved when they pushed back the April 15th deadline. But every, you know, in, the, in every job, rush season may come at any time, right? It may come at any time. It's not just a seasonal thing. It may every, it can happen at, at any time. Demonstrate passion. And in today's world, where you're often only heard, are people only read, they don't actually see you, is your passion coming across in your words, your spoken words, okay? your written word. Manage your review, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, boy, I could, I, we could almost talk about this one for a while. I'll never forget when I had a manager Tell me this, and I thought to myself, I'm partly he's blamed blame for this, but I'm I should blame myself as much. He told me, he said, I don't know what you do. I don't know, I don't know what you do. Now, this the review is something that is your opportunity to make it clear to your manager, to him or her, what it is that you do, what it is that you have done. There's a slide here a little bit later that I would encourage you to go back and, and look at, your, at, what, at what material you put in and discuss in your review using these key points. Uh, you should be able to do your review at any time. I think oftentimes we wait until about a week or two or two days before a review 
to start writing down everything that we've done that year. Okay. And it shouldn't just stop on what you have done that year. It should also include the business impact of what you've done that year in quantifiable terms and dollar values and numbers. And you're not going to be able to recall all of that in just a short amount of time. So your review is something that you should be working on and keeping numbers throughout the year as you finish projects and you look at the impact those projects had on the business. Find your guardian angel. I mentioned mentors earlier. People who have been around longer than you, who know the ropes, who know the people, who know the organization, who can be your guide, who can be your mentor. Some organizations, you can actually reach out and ask for a mentor, someone to mentor you. That might be one of the most underutilized uh, services that companies offer is mentors for people. I know at the uh, executive level, they often hire coaches to help them do this. And get maximum impact from your talents. As I said before, don't waste too much time trying to be good where you're never going to be good. Look for opportunities where your the talents you have and the ones that you can develop can help you maximize your impact. All right. Five keys in career development. You have to be noticed, right? You have to be noticed. You don't want to be out of sight and out of mind. When that manager told me that he didn't know what I did, boy, that was a red flag for sure. Making sure you're noticed, making sure you're, and that doesn't mean being a show off. It just simply means, like I said, making sure that when you do your reviews, you're, that what you've done is being recognized. It's being noticed. Words matter. Become an effective communicator. Read, write, or write, speak, and present well. You know, <laughs> we've probably seen some presentations from people that uh, they were such a good presenter. Uh, even though they may, may not have had the best option, they sure made it sound that way. They sure made it look like a way because of their communication skills, their presentation skills. Collaborate effectively. Use all the tools that you have. Uh, used to be, what, just face-to-face -face meetings. Not anymore. Use all the tools you have to, to collaborate effectively. Be open to new opportunities. This kind of goes back to timing. There may be a particular project that you might consider as being too simple. But it could be a project when you look at the, uh, the holistic view of the project in terms of what the company is doing right now, that might be the place where you want to be. It may be associated with some hot technology. It might be associated with some strategic goal the company has, and you should always know the strategic goals of the company that you're working for. What is a strategic goal? A strategic goal is something that is a going to impact the bottom line. As I often tell people in training, if you can't tie your training back to a quantifiable number, then you have no evidence or proof that it's having an impact on the business. And shore up your credentials. That kind of went back to what I said earlier about don't think of yourself as being paid for what you do. Think of yourself as being paid not to do it for someone else. Learning is a lifelong process. I don't have to tell this audience that. Have a plan and keep it current. Have three plans and keep them current. One for yourself, your own personal self. Uh, I want to see my kids get through college. 
I want to take a nice vacation with my spouse. Uh, I need to add, uh, learn how to use new tools. I need to be able to have it complete so many projects this year. And then for my career, uh, I need, what do I need to be doing now that's going to set me up for that other position, that next step that I want to take in my career? And it might be moving into management. When am I going to move into management? What do I need to make to make that move? What am I going to have to have that's going to make me stand out and be noticed if they, uh, uh, it's going to, in terms of those who are looking, being considered for the promotion? Always make the team look good. Always make the team look good. Learn when to share and when to grab the credit. Uh, one of the old sayings I'd heard was that what's the last step in any, in any, uh, uh, project is uh, promotion of the uninvolved. I uh, don't necessarily believe that, but uh, just set it up. So be sure that when the credit is, when like, it goes back to what we'll see here in a little bit, visibility. Make sure that you're visible. Don't gossip. No reason to ever gossip. Keep your manager informed. Don't be the source of surprises. These last three kind of go together. Bring solutions when you bring problems. There are going to be problems, and there's going to be times when you have to go to your manager to report a problem, and it could be something that something that you created yourself. But never go to your manager, to him or her, with a problem when you don't have a possible solution. Don't just be a whiner who likes to complain and say, we got a problem. Bring a solution with you when you go to your manager and say about this problem. Stand next to superstar, superstars. This goes back to timing. Fast-moving objects create suction that pulls what's nearby. There might be a position in the company that might be more simple than you would really want to take, but it's who you're working for that really attracts you. And there are people and organizations that you are just not necessarily call them, call them the chosen ones, but they because there's something they have that makes them move faster than others. And it can benefit you to be on their team. All right. Understanding perception, visibility, and influence. Now, this is one, boy, this is one I think you're going you're gonna to have to chew on. I'll tell you to go back and look at this one a little bit later. The perception process. And that is, you know, how do people perceive us? When, when they see us and they see what we do, you know, how do they make decisions about who we are? How do they come to conclusions about us? And um, a couple of key points here. You know, it starts with an observation. You know, what is it that people see? When they, when they see and hear us, what is it that they, what are they actually seeing? Do they see somebody who's hardworking? I mean, what, just the, the, what are they seeing and hearing? Okay. From that, it moves into an assessment. Now, this is what their initial thoughts. So they, they see you, let's say, a project that you're working on or you're hosting a call or making a presentation or, or you're doing something. Okay, They observe you doing something. They make an assessment, which is an initial thought about what they see. From that, they derive an opinion. And that opinion could be good, bad, or indifferent. But they get an opinion about what they're hearing, what they're seeing. That moves into judgment, 
which is a confirmation of their opinion. They're looking for a confirmation. Start off with an opinion, but then they're looking for a confirmation of that opinion. Now, these last four are kind of closely related, perception, reality, belief, and truth. In perception, they might ask, well, what is it that's driving him or her at this point? What's, what's driving them? Okay. And based on what their perception of what's driving you, they might change their opinion. What they might have seen as a negative, now they see as a positive. And then the last three are really what level of belief, you might say, do I have? Starts off with reality. Yeah. Yeah. David's a hard worker. David cares. David has a lot of knowledge of, over L, of LTE. David likes to be in front of people. Okay. A belief, a, re, a reality. Then the, the belief is until I, it's really a transition step between reality and truth. Until I see other evidence, you are as you appear. Okay, in a belief, you are who you appear to be. Until I see something that makes me think differently, and the truth is the final level. And the key about when something, when someone sees you and they develop a truth. That's when they're willing to trust you. That's when they're willing to go out on a limb for you. That's where they're willing to defend you because they've gone through all these other steps. And this is true, valid, and undeniable. Okay. Uh, the progression of visibility. This is the, the, uh, these are the bullet points. And again, I apologize for so many bullet points, but in a Format like this, where we have a lot of material to cover in a short amount of time. Uh, I'd much rather have done this as activities, but we don't have time for that. This is what you need to look at in terms of your review. Noticed, stand out, recognized, remembered, valued, and impact. What is it that you did last year that you want to be noticed? How did it stand out? Was it recognized by other individuals or groups within the company? Was it remembered? Did people remember what you did sometime down the road later in the year? What value, what quantifiable numbers can be tied to that effort that you made, to that project you completed, to that class you created and delivered? Uh, if you're a developer and not actually presenting, it's still your material. You still put the material together, okay? Uh, and then what was the impact on the business? And that's where we go back to strategic objectives or strategic goals of the company. Can I tie this class, this material, this project, this effort back to one of those strategic goals of the company? It could be something about increasing market share. Can I draw a line? a logical line between this effort, this class, between it and increasing market share. Okay. Now, here's a good slide. I, everybody ought to look at this slide. I know we've got some people out there with a lot of years and experience, and, and this one applies to all of us. What it is, it's a graph that kind of shows where we should be in terms of performance, perception, visibility, and influence throughout our careers. For example, 
if we look at performance, the red bar, new employees, you're 50% of, of your, uh, of, of your uh, visibility and perception and influence, or really your visibility, is going to be based on your performance, what you do every day, as opposed to upper management, very little in terms of what they actually do every day. It's more about what influence do they have on the company. So they're very high in the green area in terms of influence, very low in terms of performance. They don't have to prove they don't have to prove their performance. They have to be able to prove their net worth to the company in terms of the influence that they bring to the organization. Uh, mid-level management, look at there, kind of in the middle when it comes to perception and uh, influence. But we could gauge mid-level managers by their level of influence to the organization. Am I right? If you're a mid-level manager, how much of your of what you do is influencing others? Okay. And the blue and the their visibility. That's a kind of a uh, when you're uh, you're a new employee, you don't have much visibility. It rises when you get to mid-level management, and then it goes back down when you get into upper management. I might say that that's probably direct visibility, but that visibility begins to kind of transition itself or migrate itself from being visible to the influences that you have, uh, which are not necessarily seen or visible, but they sure see it in the price of the stock. All right, five ways to be influential. First off, a solid reputation. Solid reputation. And that goes back to those uh, areas we talked about earlier, perception, visibility, and influence. Do you have a solid reputation for being influential? For people listening to you, following your ways, following your suggestions, following your strategies? An enhanced skill set. When we look at some of the best leaders in our country, uh, we often see that they have something that few people have. Something, and it can vary, but they have something that few people have. They have that enhanced skill set, a professional presence about them. Just, just their presence when they walk in the room. He or she has that professional presence about them. Superior likability. Superior likability. You know, are you, are you somebody that people like to be around? Are you someone who is just a natural when it comes to leadership and getting others motivated? And then finally, that power to persuade. And that really is a summation of many of the things that we've talked about and the way you communicate, the way you present your skills, or the way you present your ideas and your strategies. Um, some people are just gifted in the area of persuasion. All right. Now, a couple of bibliographies here. These were a couple of books that I really took some uh, uh, material for this session and and put it together along with my own spin, as you might say, who gets promoted, who doesn't, and why. Ten things you better do if you want to get ahead. And then three steps to take your career to the next uh, level. 
and information there. You can find, I think, all these on, on Amazon and other sources. Uh, before we do our next little exercise, I wanted to speak real quickly and, and just kind of a little self-testimony. I mentioned earlier I went, went to work for Exxon right out of college and, and spent – my first job was riding boats in the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, I had a terrible problem with seasickness. I was horrible. I mean, oh, goodness. Uh, and I took a job – decided I'd take a job, a, a job that was really just a basic grunt. Uh, in the IT organization. But I said, you know, there's a lot of opportunities in this company and I'm going to milk them for what they're worth. So I did. And timing was on my side. Because a year after that, you remember back in the early 80s or mid 80s when the oil market went bust here and went, went down, a lot of people got laid off, including most of those people that were in my old group. By that time, I had established myself in IT. And I survived. And that's when I joined Toastmasters and recognized that there were other people in, that, in the company that were kind of had the same goals. Maybe I didn't, didn't have as much skill and ability in other areas, but I could at least I had a, an ability to teach and our, our ability to present. And uh, so I did that. Then I decided, you know, it's better to um, be closer to the revenue stream. And I love telecommunications. So I said, I got an offer to take a telecom job for a home health company. I took it. And a lot of people raise their eyebrows. Well, who would leave for Exxon? Well, follow your own North Star. And it, but it gave me the opportunity to get involved in a lot of different areas of telecom. Uh, and the other old job, I was strictly data, strictly IBM. And that was probably all I was going to touch for a while. And I wanted, I knew I loved telecom. I knew I was passionate about telecom. So I took that position and did give me the opportunity to get, to get involved in voice, data, and what limited video we were using at that time. But then I said, you know, I've got to get closer to the revenue stream. I've got to become a positive number. So about the time, again, timing almost time, about the time that happened, the uh, company got sold, and I was already talking to Will Till and ended up uh, interviewing for a technician job. And the guy at uh, uh, who hired me for the technician job asked me to interview with the director of sales engineering, and I uh, I thought I hadn't, I thought I'd blown it until he called me back and says, no, I want to make you a salesperson. You run your mouth too well. So, uh, I took that job as a sales engineer and hadn't been doing that for six months when they said, we want you to go to Tulsa every month to teach new hires, new salespeople about the technology. And all of this keeps going back to that one <laughs> Toastmasters, right? So I went to Tulsa once a month, Tulsa sales engineers, loved it, found out that I loved teaching. Uh, Will Tell was bought by WorldCom. You know all that story. I got an opportunity to go into training full time, so I took it. And to make a long story short, and not to sound like I'm boasting, I am not. I'm saying this to, out of a passion for you to consider taking risks. If you went back to Exxon today and said, you remember that guy used to run around here putting computers on TV, people's desk? Do you know he's been all over the world teaching people about how LTE works? And that's not me, folks. That's just, and, and I, I did that. I mean, I, I, when I put this presentation together, I looked back at my career and said, you know, this is what happened to me. I didn't have necessarily have a plan. I kind of made it up as I went. 
but how much better it might have turned out if I had actually had a plan, had a strategy, taken better control of my reviews, my peers, uh, did all of these things, and no, and it, maybe it even worked out better. But I did retire early. And again, I, I say that not trying to be self self boastful at all. Uh, I can look at what I've talked about here and, and say without question, and I know many of you can as well, that you have seen instances where taking that risk, taking that job, taking that project when others wouldn't touch it, paid off. Okay. Finally, you know, it said that if you just simply write down a goal, just simply write it down. You've increases your chances of, of succeeding or achieving it by 50% by doing nothing more than writing it down. So this is, you don't have to do it necessarily now, but this is what I want you to do before the end of the day. I want you to write down three goals in each of those areas we talked about earlier. A personal goal, and it could be something for your family or for your spouse. Include your family or your spouse or others if that's, if that's what you want. But a personal goal, write down a personal goal. A job goal, something that you need to be doing in your current position. Okay. But keep in mind, make it a goal that's going to help you. It's going to be a key performance indicator, you might. So in other words, if I achieve this job goal, that's going to help me be better able to achieve that career goal. Write down a career goal. Career goal, where do you want to be in three years? What do you want to be doing down the road? What's your next job? You have an idea for what that is. Okay. Again, thank everyone for joining me today. Uh, it's been a wonderful opportunity. I do miss being out there in the field. But uh appreciate Donna, Debbie, and Robin giving me the opportunity to spend with you today talking about this and sharing about this. Uh, Robin? Debbie, I mean, uh, Robin and Donna, why don't we open, if, if we have any questions or anyone, if anybody would like to share their own story, try to be brief because we have a lot of people on the call, but uh, questions or comments. Okay. In terms of visibility, what advice do you have for a happy medium between trying to make yourself visible and boasting? Oh, that's a great question. I would say let the numbers speak for themselves. Let the, you put the information in terms of visibility. Let put, make sure the information is out there so that you don't have to boast about it. Uh, make sure it's out there and it's presented in a way that it will be anyone that with, uh, that cares about the company will recognize it. Uh, here's an example. Uh, do it through surveys and such. I once did a survey on a class that I was teaching and uh, we did a survey and we went out and we asked people, have you closed any business since you took this class? And uh, if you did, how much revenue did it mean make for the company? How, what, what was the size of the sale? And I had a gentleman who came back and said, yes, it closed business and the revenue was $5 million. You don't want to necessarily want to go out there and tout to everybody, hey, I just, my class earned $5,000, but if there's an opportunity, a way for you to make that information visible, definitely, definitely. 
right. And this is uh, a caveat, which I saw the, the thing, uh-huh. which I saw after is especially since you, uh, especially when you work remotely, but I think the, uh, the same advice would still hold. So basically I assume you want to just try to tie your performance to some kind of tangible, tangible outcome, right? That um, and do and and put it in a place where it will be visible, wherever that may be. Okay. Uh, peer reviews. Sometimes we have to do peer reviews. Sometimes uh, uh, it, organizations make you write down or you report to your manager what you did that week. Okay. Try to avoid just saying I did this. Always try to tie what you did to some type of quantifiable number that shows value to the organization. That uh, seems to be great for resume writing as well. <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I, uh, I had a cousin who recently interviewed for a job, and I said, you know, you have to really kind of position yourself as what are they not going to get if they don't hire you? What do you bring into the table that they're not going to get if they don't hire you? Thanks, David. A lot of great information there. Hey, thanks for listening to Train to Win. It's a podcast produced by the Association for Talent Development Houston chapter, and we hope that you go to iTunes and maybe Spotify, subscribe to the channel so you never miss an episode, and we will do our best to keep providing you uh, with great content to help you, especially in these trying times. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Train to Win.